Hey, what's going on, everybody? Kyle Means here. Um, so just checking to see if this if we're good. Uh going live here. Uh we should be uh we'll sort of a not a typical start to the proceedings here, but this is the uh this is running with war show. Don't have my guys on yet, but I will. Uh, they will be coming on in a moment here. But this is Kyle Means, your host as usual, editorial director, WeAreRegalRadio.com or media. And uh, so I get this link back to my guys. Thank y'all for joining us. Thanks for your support in advance for everybody out there who will check this out. Um, we have our, uh, we've done, this is the second of two shows we're doing this week. This week and next week we're doing two shows. Um, uh, we have Tuesday shows already available, both on anchor.fm, our podcast platform, and of course, on YouTube, uh, this will be on YouTube as well after we finish our stream. But uh, if you're seeing this now, you see us here on uh, here on Twitter, War Media Twitter. So got Josh here joining us. How you doing, Josh? I'm doing good, man. Just busy and grinding as always, but you know that's how we do it around here. So I'm good. All right. So you, so you just got your interview done. Oh boy, Josh. A little issue with Josh connection, right quick. Hopefully that'll clear in a moment. But uh, got Chris Pennant coming on here. What's up, Chris? What's good, man? Hey, you got the uh, you got the the um, the static lines on the on the TV again, though, on the camera side. Oh boy, that's great. Oh, okay, this should come up in a second. What's going on with your main? There we go. <laughs> okay, I'm not understanding. I don't know. Sometimes I never know, man. Yeah. I don't know. I think I think I don't know. It may, it may have something to do with a, my last update I did. I did I did an update just before the show on Tuesday. That's right. And you know I had the issue there, and you know now you know, I, don't, I don't I don't understand it doing it on here. You know, but if it did it on here and on uh, Streamyard, there's got to be some issue with the camera. Yeah. You know, if it's if it's doing it in both places, but uh, Josh is trying to get on. He may have some internet issues. He's a so I said we it's spreading. I guess the uh, technicality is spreading. I don't know. <laughs> Hopefully, me and you can hang on. But but yeah, this uh, I'll just like doing the intro and letting people know they could uh, see the Tuesday show available on um, all the platforms right now and uh you know we're doing this show here 
on Thursday. Going to probably keep it, uh, keep it a bit. Drew getting okay. Drew having issues as well. Uh, but uh, we gonna try to keep it a little bit more local than the Tuesday show uh, with some a little more bulls and sky talk. Uh, see, like a couple interesting things have emerged uh, with the sky story. Why you saw that? Yeah, yeah. I, I, we'll we'll get into that, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Just uh, starting off, man. What's what's going on with you? What's interest uh, caught your interest? Oh, in in the sky, or just in general, you know, what's good. Either on? or, you know, either. I mean, the sky stuff is heating up. You know. Um, well, I I don't want to spoil the the later the later in, the later um, nugget of info, but they're getting the roster ready. Um, it's it's kind of a toss up as to where they're gonna go with the with the forwards the tr- in the training camp, because I know we talked about Natasha Mack, the second round draft pick, and um, she's been impressive. Uh, so to, you know, as, as you hear from the coaching staff, she's been impressive in camp. I don't know if that necessarily means that she'll get picked up, but uh, it's been interesting because James. I think the I think the big thing is is out here is James Wade is cagey. You know, James Wade is just real cagey about um, lineups and rosters and other than the people you know are coming out like Candice and Diamond and Kalia Copper. You you don't know exactly who he's going to bring along, and it's going to be interesting to see how he how his tenure as head coach and GM goes because um, they've been successful but a lot of those picks uh, a lot of the players that he succeeded with were the previous coaches uh, Amber Stocks she drafted Diamond and Gabby Williams and um, I think they got the the trade with um, with Washington that brought Stephanie Dolson and Ka I think that might have been Amber Stocks or or even Pokey Chapman. So uh, he's a, he's a good coach. The players love him, but he's you know there's some there's been some things with Katie Lou Samuelson and now this thing this year uh, that are are interesting to say the least in terms of uh, the coach and the player relationship. So is you know it's not like he's ever been anything but. I think there's one incident with, with Madeline Kenny where she got a freeze out at camp because she reported a story uh, that Katie Lou's mom was was had words with James about why her daughter wasn't playing, and then they didn't talk to her the next day. But otherwise, he's never been anything but cordial with, with um, myself, and I, he doesn't seem anything but cordial with the media. It's going to be interesting, man. I, I, I genuinely like the dude, but... He definitely keeps it close to the vest. He he may be at the moment the most on point coach in the city. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. At the results and everything, and his uh, you no, know, his planning for the near future. You know, he. I mean, who else? What other coach would you trust in Chicago to be a general manager too at the moment? You know, I don't know. Oh man, like the. To be a coach and a GM, or even to be a coach or a GM, um, is tough to say. Yeah, I, you know, I think Billy can evaluate talent. I think Billy can definitely evaluate talent. 
just considering who he brought in in Florida. Um, I don't think he would be a bad GM. Yeah, that, that yeah, might be it. He probably would be the next best option. Yeah, but but Wade, I mean, like I say, having that's not an easy thing to do in any sport. No, and, you know, he seemed to, you know, as, as you know, he's gotten up to a good start doing it, and uh, we're gonna talk a little bit. Uh, and a little bit more about the the WNBA as a whole, and uh, you know there was some power rankings that came out. I actually saw you tweet them, so I want to bring them up. Uh, the ESPN power rankings and uh, the Sky ranking pretty high among the contenders. But uh, you know we got uh, we got Josh back in. You, you you looking good, man? Yeah, man. I should be good, bro. I should be good. <laughs> okay, Josh Rabbit. <laughs> big shots, rabbit. <laughs> oh man, big yeah. Fred, yeah, Fred. You see, Freddie with uh Drake now, man. The, the, yeah, the with Drake. Uh, I guess it was a kind of project. Yeah, I guess it. I guess it was. Uh, I guess. I guess it was going to happen eventually. I could. I wouldn't have imagined that in, in 2010 or 2015. <laughs> Uh, I'm trying to get Drew back in eventually. Hopefully, uh, hopefully we can get him on eventually. But uh, yeah, I, we was talking. Me and uh, just getting back on, Josh. Me and Chris was talking, uh, you know, teasing a bit of our Sky conversation. Uh, like I said, we, we're keeping it more local this in this broadcast than we did on Tuesday. But uh, you know, with the Bulls, you know, uh, we got the the news of Zach Levine coming back tonight. He started, and uh, the Bulls looked all the better for it. They looks like they are wrapping up if they haven't uh, wrapped it up already. A win in Charlotte, um, you know. I don't know whether any of this means at this point. Like on Tuesday, I had them out the game, so I mean, I don't know if they're going to do any better in changing their situation right now. Uh, There's only pretty much a week left in the season for them, but uh, you know. Could could Zach come back and save the day? They went like four uh four they lost like seven of eleven, I believe, without him. And they really, like I said, just put them in the dumps. But uh, you know, he's the guy, you know, we argued about him being a top twenty five guy in the league the other day, you know, this would be a time to show and prove, you know. What do you think about that, Josh? Yes, yeah, put up or shut up time at this point. If you're trying to, if you're trying to make one final push, I mean, you have maybe what a few more games left into the season. You got, like you said, you got another week left. And if I'm looking at the Bulls' schedule correctly right now, not a, it's not a cakewalk. You got Boston, you got Detroit. Which is the, you Boston, you know, it's gonna be a tough game. Detroit, you should be able to win that game. But you got Brooklyn, Toronto, Brooklyn again, and then Milwaukee. I mean, yeah, these are. It's not going to be a cakewalk to win these games, and then Jordan's heck ain't going to win them without Zach Levine, and Zach Levine is not even at full health-wise strength potentially because even in that Charlotte Hornets game, even though they pulled off, he looked exhausted. He looked tired. He's just trying to get his wings. He's trying to get his wings underneath his feet again. So, you if you that's why you have superstar stars that pair with each other, right? You brought in. You got Zach Levine already that's already been out, but you brought in Vooch for this purpose. He's supposed to keep them afloat. He's supposed to keep them going. So Vooch got to step up. And 
the role players got to step up. And they got to win these tight games, these tough games that they're going to be playing against. Maybe they'll have a slight chance just because, you know, depending on national team, they may arrest some players before they start the first round, especially you're talking about Brooklyn who's trying to get fully healthy and maybe Milwaukee. But outside of that, you know, you're in a tough position. You got to you gotta, you gotta bring it. And it's put up or shut up at this time. We'll see if either of those guys that the Bulls have, when you talk about Zach Levine or Vucevic, are really, you know, top 25 talent players. Okay. Definitely, definitely. Drew, uh, welcome on the show, man. I was worried about you for a minute there. But uh, <laughs> glad you were able to join. I'm here. All right. Well, yeah, uh, if you want to you want to go off of what, uh, you know, Josh just laid down, man, the, you know, the Bulls picked up a, a needed win today. It looks like uh, – is it, it – y'all, and y'all got the score officially? Yeah, it's 120, 120, uh, 99. My fault, man. You had it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm going to see Breezy. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, a win against a team who was sort of in a similar position, a little better. And you know they, you know, on the road, you know, a nice win, and they, you know, they have their, they have their starting lineup at least the way that they want it now. You know, Drew, what are you looking at for the final week? You know, regarding the Bulls. Man, um, I want to see them compete, like Josh was saying. I, I'm not, you know, it's if the plan was going to be the whole Zach out, whole Vooch out then, you know, the unintended or uh, inconspicuous tank was 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 set. But if you're going to compete, then they need to just go ahead and compete. I need to see um, more Vooch and Sack uh, getting more acclimated with each other in the pick and roll. Uh, Kobe and Pat playing off of those two guys. I wish Troy Brown was healthy, man, because he seems to be a guy that uh, could fill a big role for them. Um, at the point of attack on defense, which Billy Donovan continues to talk about being one of the team's uh, weakest points. Um, I just want to see him compete, man. Just I want every game to be like a playoff game because it essentially is a playoff game with how far back they are from Washington. Um, I didn't get the updated standings yet, so I'm not even sure if Washington plays tonight, but I know they were three and a half games back, I believe, before tonight's game. Um, so they just, they just got to continue to bring it, man. Only six games left now. So, yeah, I, I know yeah. they're gonna, they, got, they, it looks like they're gonna catch a break against Boston. Um, Jalen Brown, I believe, is gonna be out, but you, this team can't take anybody for granted, though, because they've lost some games where the other team's best players were missing. Yeah, definitely. Cleveland, yeah. Cleveland of all teams being yeah. one of them, so. That, right. That's the one that sticks out. I, I mm-hmm. want to cite uh, a tweet from uh, Adam Amin earlier today. That's why I mentioned the four and seven record that the Bulls had in the last 11 games. And, you know, Drew, you talk about every game being a playoff game, really extending back through that period, 11, last 11 games, really beyond even before that. You know, the Bulls, are, should they should have approached every game like a playoff game. But the results just haven't been there. Like four seven, you know, Dylan, you know, and, and these are the games again without Zach Levine. So you know, but the last four games they had less than a hundred points, twenty sixth in offensive rating, eighth in defensive rating, which is nice to see, but twenty uh, third in three point shooting over that time. So they they weren't 
extending defenses. They weren't. They don't have much long distance threat outside of Zach. And you know they, you know they they can't score the way that they need to to win, especially. You know, the deep, like I said, eighth in defensive rating without Zach Levine, you know, that's kind of a, you know, makes your eyes jump a little bit. But, you know, they typically don't play that that well on defense. And, but it's encouraging today to see tonight to see them score over 100 and not give up 100 to a team that could score pretty well in Charlotte with, you know, LaMelo back and everything. So, yeah, good effort tonight. And, Hopefully they can keep it up over the last six. And, um, you know, but, again, it's going to be hard. They put themselves in a position where it's going to be hard to even get in the play-in. And even if you get in the play-in, you got to win two games in a row, which the team hasn't shown much of an ability to do, at least in the second half of the season, really at any point this season. And I want to jump, you know, jump back into uh, some of our conversations from Tuesday uh, in regards to the playing, because it's interesting to me. I coming into this week, I didn't. Um, I guess I didn't know exactly how. The, I was a little bit mistaken with how the format was going to be with the playing. All of y'all on good good standing with that. Just before I lay it out, yeah, about just how the playing will be. I think so. I think so. <laughs> okay, but I'll, okay, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go over it right quick because uh, it, it's not, it says not exactly the way that I thought it was. But see, the way that I thought it was was that uh, seven and eight would I think okay yeah seven and eight would play each other, nine and ten would play each other, and then the winners would play. And you know, I get I don't know, but. What the way it is going to be is that okay, nine and yeah, nine and ten and seven and eight do play. The winner of seven and eight is automatically the seventh seed. So if the eighth seed wins, then they they hop up a seed. That's if the seventh seed loses, then they drop down and they're still their seed, they still have to play another game. They would have to play the winner of the nine ten game. So if you're the tenth. You know, whether you're nine or ten, you gotta win that first game in order to play the second game. The win winner of the nine ten plays the loser of the seven eight, no matter who that is. And the winner of that last game gets the AC. So the tenth the tenth if you're the tenth seed, you gotta win two games to get in you know the but yeah, ninth or tenth, you gotta win two games. If you're the seventh or eighth, you can win one game and get in. So that's thinking, seeing how it is that way. It makes more sense to me than the way that I initially thought it was. So I, I don't know if that if that makes any difference with your argument or your thoughts on the plan as a whole. But you know, like I said, it's it's a fascinating thing. I think overall, it's like I said on Tuesday, it's a it is a contrivance, but it's a contrivance on top of a already established contrivance. And you know, it's gonna be it, it, you know, on the starting with the 18th, we're gonna have a couple of nights of, of basketball that we never had in the NBA before. So we'll see how uh, it plays out. But you know, for the Bulls to get in that situation 
and beat the teams who they would need to beat, you know, be it Boston or Toronto or, you know, uh, Indiana, um, maybe back-to-back nights. I don't know if they're going to have it in them, especially if they're going to have to go maybe five and one or uh, at the or four and two at the worst in these next six games just to get in there. I don't know what, what y'all think. Um, I mean, it might be an unintentional tank, man. <laughs> <laughs> unintentional tank. Uh, I mean, that's. I think uh, I thought I read that they have the, the they had the toughest remaining schedule. This might be a week or two ago. Um. I don't. I don't. I don't see it. I wouldn't. I wouldn't put any any amount of money that, you know, I treasured on it to happen. Not yeah. at all. Not at all. You could have just let Bain stay at home, G. <laughs> but <laughs> see, that's the. He could have stayed I'm at torn. home. That's the thing. Like I don't want to see him take, but it's like, man, you got you got a. Not a great chance, but a better chance of getting a top four pick than you do of making the play in. It's like, oh my God, man, how do you? <laughs> right, we, yeah. yeah. Extend that <laughs> protocol. Extend the protocol. You're supposedly sick. Put Gooch on, on rest management, load management, or something, and just everybody else is ball. Let me see what you got. It's ball. <laughs> I don't think we got it this year, fellas. I don't think we got it. Yeah, man, it's it's, it's tough, man. It, it, say you got a little. Say that Zach got a little more rumbling in his chest or something. I don't know. But, <laughs> but, is, uh, yeah, uh, is, it, is it worth it? Is it worth it at this point? Really? Is it really worth it? And 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 then even if a miracle happens, you're not you're not doing anything with the Sixers. The Sixers just came back into town and whooped the Bulls again the other day. You know, it's you're looking at the AFC AFC the best because there's no way you get to the seventh. So, even seventh too with Milwaukee or the Nets, it's like no, you're not doing anything. So, I'm kind of like I said, roll the dice. Let's see if we get that top four. We gonna talk. We gonna talk about it in a moment. Like could the could the Bulls have their Justin Fields moment in the draft. We'll, you know, we'll see. But you know, I, I'm with I'm with y'all as far as like, yeah, let's see if they can get the top four or if, if take make that gamble, man. Because you know, these like I said, just the 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 odds of doing anything memorable by actually playing ball at are, are very distant right now. Like I said, Bulls are no are twelfth in the East, uh, a game behind, a uh, half a game behind the Raptors at, at eleven, three and a half games behind the Wizards. I think one of y'all said that a little while ago. Wizards are tenth, uh, Pacers nine, Hornets uh, eighth, you know, and the uh, Heat at seven. The Heat really, yeah, the Heat I didn't even mention the Heat and the Celtics and the Heat are tied at. Uh, uh, 35 or 31 records, six and seven. Heat the Celtics got the advantage, I guess, with us. Uh, the, so they're at six. So, I mean, you, any of those teams, like, you're not beating, like, the Bulls are you really beating those teams. Like, nah. I don't they see. Year, so, yeah. So, except for uh, Charlotte. You know. 
they asking to tango with the wrong people. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll, <laughs> they're asking I'll stop. Tango. They forgot Cinco de Mayo just passed. <laughs> hey, yeah. man, tango's Argentinian. It's not Mexican, man. <laughs> Ooh, look at hey, <laughs> we, we, can't, we, correct, Chris. Yeah. we can't mix those up anymore. We got to be better than that. You're right. You're right. That's my fault. My fault. <laughs> I love you're everybody. Right, I don't discriminate. I love you're them all. So, you're so Bulls coming to yeah. the dance with two left shoes, man. <laughs> how much Pepto Bismol or Tylenol y'all think our tourist connoisseurs have been downing this last month, man? I mean, do you, it, it, it depends on. I guess if, because I'm gonna assume the dude is, is better at at um, the business of basketball than I am, so maybe <laughs> maybe he just got Vooch to to get Vooch and see what they could do with no expectation of getting in the playoffs. Because I like I've told y'all, I saw this as a we are gunning for the playoffs type move. They were only four under five hundred at that point. I think maybe three. Yeah. He said it. They were tenth. They were tenth. Yeah, they were in a good position at the trade deadline when they made those moves. But it, the thing is, at at the time, like I kind of for I kind of foretold this at the time because we talked about it that that evening. Like, you know, what there still could be a chance that they just wouldn't gel in time for the rest of the year. So, but Chris, you were you were right, and I think Bulls fans are right to see what they did that night as a as a attempt to make the playoffs and, and make an impact this year. But I think you can you could have made that move also within the larger context of the season being a complete uh, season of observance, as it were, where, again, you're still looking at the roster as a work in progress. You're still looking, even with these new people you brought in, none of them are really going to be long-term guys outside of, of Vooch. So, you know, with that said, I'm, I want to bring up uh, another thing I saw today. Uh, the only uh, Darnell Mayberry at any athletic had a uh, an off-season outlook. Who stays and who goes? He lists all the, roster, all the, the players on the roster and um, – I'm gonna go over, go over each one who he thinks is gonna stay and who's gonna go. And let me get this up. Uh, like I say, he got uh he got him in alphabetical order, like a good reporter. Uh, for Alfarukamino has him going. Archie Diacono going. Troy Brown he has him staying. Devin Dotson he has him staying. Felicio going, God help us, please. Javante Green, he has him going. Zach Levine, of course, is staying. Uh, Malloy Markinen, he has him going, uh, as a lot of people will, will want as well. Uh, Makoka has him going. Sadaransky has him going. Garrett Temple has him going. Daniel Thies has him going. Oh huh. yeah, I'm, yeah. I was a little surprised at that myself. Daniel Val, Den, oh, Daniel Denzel Valentine, bye bye. Nobody's gonna be missing him. Uh, Vuk, Vukovic, okay, Vuk, of course, staying. Kobe White, uh, pretty sure, you know, staying, of course. Uh, 
and uh, Pat P. Will staying. Thaddeus Young has him staying. So the core, you know, that's a core that is pretty similar to because we went over that. We went, we went over, we did a similar going over the roster as well with uh, you know, going by the the cap numbers and everything uh, a few weeks ago. And um, you know, pretty pretty much close to what I was thinking as far as you know who would stay, who would go. There's that core of guys, uh, mostly young, but you know, a key veteran like uh Thaddeus Johnson and in there as well. And um I would I would like to see uh, Daniel Thies stay. You know, uh, but you know they can't can't be assured of that. But um, what what do you guys think of the possibilities that are there? What you know what 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 would be one guy who you'd have to you 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 think the Bulls have to let go of, and one guy who you would uh, hurt it would hurt you to see them have to uh, let go of. Tice for sure. Um, he he started out as just kind of a, a nice piece to have when he was in Boston and he became part of the regular rotation and y'all and uh, y'all said uh Troy uh sorry uh Drew I think said it the most the Bulls need an asshole kind of guy and he's the closest they really got right now he's the dude who's going to stick his nose into um other people's business especially if somebody gets knocked down or or something like that he he just he's just been valuable I think in his time in Boston and now in Chicago. And it, he, people are going to like him. He's, he's a likable player. He's not Joe Keem by any, by any stretch. Joe Keem could do a lot more, but Tice is a, is a guy who's going to go for it. You know, uh, gamers is, is a word I don't like to use as much, but it, it pretty much fits. He can hit a three, like every every uh, he could probably hit one or two threes a game if the mood strikes. He's gonna get in and get boards. He's gonna stick tough defense in the paint. And so to lose him, I think to lose out on him would be to lose out on a valuable backup big man. I don't know how much he I don't know how much he would command in terms of salary, but it would really suck to lose him. Yeah, I agree definitely. Josh Drew. Uh, I mean, you took the guy. I was um, that's who I was thinking too, um, Chris. That's the guy that I would hate to lose. But um, it's a crowded front court. Um, I don't know how much Tice is going to demand on the market. Uh, I'm not sure, you know, if he's if he's sold on, you know, wanting to be a starter in this league or not. Um, but the guy who I would, you know, feel less uh, sad about leaving, of course, is marketing. Um, I hate to say that too, because the dude is talented, man. Like I, I don't, I don't hate Laurie Marketing, and it's a shame that um, somebody brought this up on Twitter. It's a shame that uh, our hole at point guard has kind of, it's kind of like altered every player's uh, our our idea of every player. Like we never really oh. got to see what Laurie could do, what Wendell Carter could do, what Kobe White could do with a with a legitimate facilitator playing next to them. Yeah. Um, so that hurts. That hurts. But uh, he just, you know, he's, he's, he's also not done well uh, in terms of being consistent with his play. Um, 
He's another one of those minus defenders that's, uh, that's on the squad. Uh, that's something that needs to be rectified as well. We need some more guys that will stick their nose in and uh, play some solid defense uh, on ball or team defense. Um, and he's going to get his money. He's going to get his money, but um, he shouldn't get it here. And, man, <laughs> it's, it's rough because he, he may end up – I wonder if he's going to end up if, if the Bulls will end up losing him for nothing. We, we could probably have a whole pie just on the alleged moves that could have been made that weren't like this whole Wendell Carter Jr. rumor that came up uh, with the Golden State Warriors. Yeah. Um, I think Kevin O'Connor reported that. Like, we might have had Melo, you know what I'm saying? Um, <laughs> going, going with Patrick Williams over Tyrese Halliburton is put, putting up um, a fabulous season over in – Sacramento before he got injured, um, yes. getting Booch, you know, a guy who's, who's an all-star, but he's not – that's not the position that you most needed to fill. So you still you still got this big hole over here um, that's kind of affecting everything else. Um, so as, as optimistic as I was about the Bulls uh, with Connor Sovers, uh, uh, AK, and Eversley, before the season even started, um, just because of everything they had at their disposal to make this roster better. I'm not there right now because of the amount of money uh, that Vucevic is making now or that they that are on the books with him. Even though it's a de-escalating contract, it still takes up a chunk of money that you'd have to use to improve this roster. Lonzo Ball might command 18, 20, 22 million dollars, man, but that's going to take up so much of your so much of your finances that you can't really do much else with the roster. Um, so some pieces are going to be sacrificed, like Darnell says. Uh, Sato, man, um, bad possibly. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But it's just it's not the position that I thought or anybody probably thought we would be in. Um, on what's it? What's today? May sixth. You know. Yeah. Not not going to be easy decisions. And and the funny thing is too now you. You know, because, you know, we know how Chicago sports fans are. And, and we have seen this in the past where guys have left Chicago teams and, you know, sort of improved themselves in some ways. Now people are like, look, oh, well, look at Gafford. Look at look at uh, Wendell, you know, Wendell. You know, it's like, uh, you know, people are second-guessing these moves now. It's not – it doesn't take much to that it, for that to happen and, you know – Lord help us if 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 uh, Laurie goes to a team next year and, and does anything positive, you know the backlash was going to be instant there. But that is a good that was a good point that you started with Drew as far as how the lack of a of a really solid point guard warps everything with the Bulls and in, in in regards to observing the team and looking at how they're progressing. You know maybe. Maybe uh, Lori would be better. Maybe it would be better to keep him around with Alonzo Ball, but the way that the team is is like financed right now, you may not. That may be a decision that you can't make. You know, it isn't, it's not going to be a, a position that you're going to be able to put yourself in. But uh, anything you want to add to that, Josh? I mean. You're preaching when you talk about, you know, Daniel Theus and the moves and keeping him or ideally wanting to keep him and trying to fill up the point guard position. 
But I, I'm gonna be I'm just gonna be blatantly honest. I won't be surprised if Kobe White may not be here past this year with Billy Donovan per se. I think he loves Billy Donovan, but you're talking about fulfilling a point guard position that you drafted him for that he can't fulfill and it doesn't work under Billy Donovan. What do you do with him? Do you keep him on the bench? Do you try to continue to see how this point guard position works? Um, or do you actually utilize this asset knowing that your books are really, really tight? Maybe you can utilize that to try and get someone that can that maybe fill that role better. I don't, I don't know. It's, it's like you said, it's a tough decision that AK and Mark Eversley have to make. But they have a capitalist guy that pulled off the magic in the New Orleans Publicans uh, arena. Uh, to bring in, to, to, you know, to get the most out of the Anthony Davis trade and all the draft picks and, and make all the signings that they did that offseason that many thought was a win-win for the Pelicans no matter what happens with L.A. Um, we got that same guy in Chicago now. We got someone that, you know, that knows the books. We got, we got people that, that are known for, for making these type of decisions. Um, so we got to do what well, AK and Mark Everson going to do, but I think Kobe White's going to play a factor this all season too. And I think they're going to look at maybe just seeing what, if they were to trade him, what that market would be just because he doesn't fit Billy Donovan's system. He doesn't fit the ideal position that Billy Donovan wants. And a point guard, you might have to give up an asset to get one. And, people, and with Kobe White being as attractive of a scorer as he is and what he can do on the court at such a young age, Teams are gonna. I, I won't be surprised that teams will be listening to that. I'm, I'm not mad at that, Josh. I think you know it's you know like uh, the list that Darnell Mayberry had. He didn't. He had him staying, and uh, like I said, I, I, I said that wasn't too surprising. But I I agree with you. It wouldn't be too surprising for him to be moved, and it may be prudent to move him at this point where there's. He's he isn't as exposed as a talent yet. Like if you wait longer into this this rookie contract, you know, another year or going into that fourth year, you may have you may have him declining even more to the point where he's sort of like in the situation that Laurie was in this year, where you know the the the, the fish wasn't biting as much as you would have liked, and you know they might have wanted to get rid of him at the trade deadline, but they couldn't because, you know, they, you know, they just couldn't. And there, there was a worry for that with Wendell too, but, you know, they were able to make, you know, make it happen with what they did with Orlando. And, uh, you know, but at the same time, they weren't able to flip them to a, maybe an even more possible better, uh, uh, even better possible situation with Golden State. You know, Golden State was, may have been hands off, a more desperate team, though, came in and, and uh, was willing to do business with the Bulls. So, you know, it's it's these are tough, like I said, again, tough decisions. You're dealing with with uh, more affordable players, players who aren't affecting the, 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 the salary cap as much with their affordable rookie contracts, but you still want to know just who these guys are and just what projections they're going to have with the team. Do you want to waste another year or two with this guy who, you know, like, like Josh says, he may not be the best fit for what you're running and uh, with the Billy Donovan offense. Yeah. And, and I think um, the decisions they make may tell us 
if they stay on that path of Patrick Williams filling that role that they drafted him in the three, or if they feel like, okay, we're going to slide you to the four. Um, now that this front court possibly has opened up a little bit more. And then maybe you play Troy Brown Jr. at the three uh, when he gets healthy. Um, I don't know, man. It's, it's, it's a lot of – I feel like it's more questions now than than answers. And yeah, I, I, I wouldn't be mad at – I wouldn't be mad at Kobe White staying. I just would prefer him in a six-man role, you know. But even yeah. still, do you want him to be in your – do you want him being a backup point guard or do you still need a point guard next to him coming off the bench so that he can focus primarily on uh, scoring? Yeah, I don't know. It's a lot of different directions it could go because if you keep Thad, then Thad can provide some of that that playmaking from the post too. <laughs> it's 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 um, it's a lot of directions this can go, man. Yeah, I I want to add too to the players who, like you know, we met pretty much everybody's unified on who who we're good with seeing go. You know, it's pretty much either Felicio or. Or Laurie, you know, it, it starts with those guys and all down, you know, for, for for different reasons. But I I add Troy Brown too as a guy who I would like to see stay with the team. Hopefully, he could be a bit more healthier in the, if he stays another year. I just like I like his game. I like his ability to be multifaceted and do different things from the perimeter and uh, you know defend multiple positions. You know, do some playmaking, and uh, you know, I, I, I just, I like, I like, dude. I think he has a lot of uh, potential to be a, a good uh, rotation guy for the Bulls. He's not a star. He's not a starter, or a long time starter at least. But yeah, I think I, I would like to see him in the mix with the team going forward. And I, and I just, and I would like for the Bulls too to, to have more of a uh, self esteem coming out of that deal, especially if Gafford. Keep snapping in uh, in DC, you know. <laughs> but anyway, uh, right quick, I, I want to jump into the the. Like I said, this is not a this is not too serious of a topic. What you know, with the Bears having the moment that they had last week and uh, being able to pick up a guy who inflates the whole self esteem again of the city and of the 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 fan base. You know, the Bulls, as we said, are in a situation where they have to they have to deal with some luck if they if they don't make the playoffs at all and they're in the lottery situation though the lottery uh because of the trade that they made with Orlando to get Vucevic though they would have if they didn't make that trade they would have had a first round pick but now that first round pick that uh is involved in that trade is protected from the fourth pick above fourth pick up essentially meaning that if the bull the if the if the bulls pick comes fourth, third, second, or first overall, they get it. If it's any lower than that, fifth through thirteenth, I believe that's the end of the lottery. If it's from it's in that range, then it goes to Orlando. And uh looking and, and looking at the uh 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 mock drafts this week. You know, nobody, you know, it's hard to project that. So nobody really has the Bulls being in the top four. Every Everybody has 
you know, Orlando being there because they earned it as a as a bad team. Orlando's there already, and they would have a second pick. If you look at all the mocks, they'd have a second pick. Uh, you know, typically you see it somewhere in the, you know, from in the fifth to ten range. Uh, I've seen some mocks that had them have like a, the fifth and seventh pick as well. But typically the mocks I'm seeing is having like uh, one Orlando pick in the top four. Uh, uh, excuse me, one Orlando pick like at uh, uh, the five or something and another one, yeah, another one like nine or ten or something like that. And, um, you yeah, uh, know, I was going to say Orlando does have the one pick that they own, I should say. That would that they could be in the top four. So there's a situation where Orlando and the Bulls could both be in the top four. So I'll just clear that up for myself as much as anything. <laughs> but if you look at the top four guys who are uh, in the draft, you pretty much got a mix of these four guys: Jalen Green, uh, Suggs from Gonzaga, Kay Cunningham, who's been like. He's been like the Trevor Lawrence of the NBA draft. He's been like number one for a year now. And um, uh, Evan Mobley, the big center from USC. So I don't know if any of you guys have done any knowledge on those four, but it's pretty much looking like that would, it would have to be one of those four guys. So you're talking about, you're talking about two point guards, a, a shooting guard in green, and a rangy center, seven like seven one Mobley is. Uh, what among those four? What what would you think would be the uh, the potential uh, like uh, Justin Fields for the for the Bulls? I mean, we talk about point guards, right? So twofold, Cade and Suggs. Either one of those guys. Either one, yeah. Either one, man. Um, I know K seems to be like the consensus number one, but I almost feel like Suggs might be a better fit. If, if that not a that's not the right way to put it, because like I said, either guy would be, man, a godsend for these guys. But I I, I kind of been leaning towards Suggs in terms of who I would rather see in a Bulls uniform, uh, just based off. His feistiness, man, his, uh, his defense, shooting, confidence, leadership, like all of that, all of those things that, that come into play. That's not to say that Kate is not that guy, but it's just something about, again, going back to what Chris alluded to earlier, uh, my past comments about this, the, the Bulls needing an asshole and not saying that he would come in in his rookie year and immediately be that guy. But I just – this team needs somebody that will not only – push back against opponents, but also get in his teammates' face too. Like, hey, man, we're not, we're not doing this. Like, we got playoffs at stake. We need to be ready to play from the get-go. Like, you, Wendell, Laurie, Kobe, Pat, I need you to be aggressive. What y'all doing out here, man? Like, this is not, this is not a game. Like, let's play. Let's play ball. I think he has that in him. And, and you look at that, like, he has that, that moment now from the, from the tournament when he, he did that that block on one end against UCLA, came back, and uh, you know he he, he had well, two moments. He had that block, came back on the score, and then of course the bank shot to win the game against you. 
Like he showed, he showed that other other instinct for winning and making plays that you rarely see in a kid that young. Like he may that may be the start. That may be like the Jordan moment for him, where you, you know you had that moment for Jordan in the tournament where he showed as a freshman that he he had that instinct, and then he used that as the beginning for, of his winning career in basketball. You know, maybe that's the sort of thing for Suggs. You know. So I, I'm with you, Drew. Like, if I had to pick from those two, I might, you know, I had to give Suggs the edge. But Cade is a phenomenal player, too. He's a guy who you, he could put a team on his back. He did it quite a bit with Oklahoma State this year. He didn't didn't go as far in the tournament as he would like. But, you know, you're looking at him like a a six seven dude, a modern, uh, you know, very much a modern guy, uh, in the modern mold of a point guard who you uh, a guy who could see the whole court, you know, physically, you know, he can back down whoever he wants to, uh, from the you know from the three point line to the post, you know, he he's not scared of anything either. I don't think, and you know, if, if we talk about the Therese Halliburton, you know, a, a body wise, a lot similar to him, and so you know, that may be a way to make up for not getting Tyrese this year you know, getting a K Cunningham this year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Chris, y'all got any thoughts? Not, not exactly. I, cause I'm not as up on, on things as you, as y'all are. Um, I, I don't think they'd be in the running for Cade Cunningham um, just based on, I, I don't see them trading up to get him. Um, I've seen, I've seen and heard a lot about Evan Mobley and it will be, if Vooch isn't a long-term solution, which I can see he might not be, it'll be nice to get a young center uh, yeah. that has more of, an, more of a, uh, a higher floor than Wendell did. Because uh, you all know I liked Wendell, but he just didn't work out. I hope he works out in, in Orlando, but he didn't work mm. out in his time in Chicago. So it'd be nice to get somebody with a higher floor. Um, and if Mobley's that guy, then they should by all means uh, pick him up because he can develop behind Vucevic. Uh, but other than that, man, I just, I keep going back to something my guy said with um, COVID kind of weakening the, the college uh, draft for at least this season. I, I don't know if that's definitely – I don't know if that's the case. He watches a lot more college basketball than I do, so I was ready to take his word for it. But, I, you know, I don't know if a, if a guy is going to come in who really other – than, other than Cunningham – who's really just going to take over. Like I looked at Jared Culver's numbers and I know that a lot of Bulls fans were high on him just for his uh, ranginess and defense. And he took a big step back this year. It's, it seemed real hit or miss the last couple of seasons uh, outside of the top two, three picks. So in terms of the draft, looking towards the draft, I, I, don't, I don't know. I'm not excited. I'll say that much. I'm not excited. I think that's 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 reasonable, you know. I think I'm, I'm glad you brought up Mobley though, because Mobley could be a, another way to go, like you said, where in the front court it, he, he make he he kind of lets you hedge your bets a little bit regarding Vooch, and like he's physically very long. He's you know very much seen as a potential dominating rim protector, 
you know, uh, uh, you know, and a rim runner. Like he may, he may there be a he could do quite a few things that the Bulls may need some help with in the interior. You know that already. So I, you know, I, I think the the thing about this discussion that I was wanting to get into was that the fact that with Fields in the Bears, you get the Bears got a player who they rarely have ever had in their history, really never had in their history. And if he becomes the player that they expect him to be, they will finally have sort of a modern prototype at their core representing their team that is going to allow them to compete year in and year out in a way that we haven't been used to seeing. them. You know, like Chris said, there may not be that guy. Even if the Bulls luck out and get in that top four, they may not. These none of these kids may be that guy. But I'm I'm willing to bet. If I had to bet, I think Suggs and and or Cunningham could be that guy. And because they would be much like in the quarterback position of running the team on the court and being multifaceted and sort of five tool guy to to take a turn for baseball. You know, the Bulls, when have they ever had – they haven't really had a modern point guard who has been like, you know, look at him really controlling stuff on defense and offense. You know, they mostly had like spot-up shooters or heady floor generals like Heinrich. They haven't had – they haven't had a Damian Lillard. They haven't had a Westbrook. They haven't had a – they haven't had a – uh uh, you know, uh, uh, Steph Curry. They haven't had anybody in that in in that realm even. So you know, if you if you if you have a Suggs or a Cunningham, you know, if if you luck up in the one of them, you possibly could have that guy. You know, at least going forward. You know, not not necessarily the same as those players because those are all timers. But you may you have a guy who you could at least put in that discussion of being in of the influence of those other guys who pretty much run the league now from the point guard position. I, I want to, I want to say one, I don't know if you're ever going to find a Steph Curry. Like it's, it's wild to say it because Steph at his base is a very accurate jump shooter and elite handle guy, which there's a lot of those guys, you know, they're, they're a legitimately a good amount of those guys. I think LaMelo is going to be one of those guys as he, if he comes along the right way, his accuracy yeah. won't be the same, but his handle and passing ability is also is already um, as good as his older brothers and, and might get better because he's a little bit taller. Yeah. But how many of those guys outside of Steph are going to take you to the finals and give you a good chance to win with, regular dudes around them. Like, and I know that's not what you were trying to say, but the Bulls need to figure out if they have regular dudes or if they have superstars because they got to get at least another superstar and build the team out. You know, it'd be, those guys are going to, you get one of those guys and they pan out. Bulls are going to sell some tickets. They're going to make the playoffs. They're going to inch up to that like six spot and they're going to make some noise, but you got to make sure that if you if you get one of those guys, you got to get a good return on Kobe because I don't think there'd be a place for him. Um, you got to see if you can get something back for Zach because I don't know if he the time's already ticking on if he's going to stay if you're going to be able to make give him enough of an offer to stay. And then 
you got to either lock down Vooch for the long term or get his um, get his replacement and get somebody at the wing. Please, please, God, get somebody at the small forward spot <laughs> because that you know point guards point guards make money. Point guards sell tickets. Point guard gets ad space. The small forwards are always going to have the spot. Wing players are going to be the team, the player who you can actually you could take that one guy and put regular dudes around them, and you can make the finals. If you get a top flight security of the world small forward, mm-hmm. I, I, I I agree very much about them. Like a star, the star small forward would be just a shade under a star point guard to me for the Bulls as far as a potential game changer. But uh, but right quick, I won't get to the sky stuff, but. Uh, again, another thing I was thinking about is free agency. And, like, when you look at the college guys, and, of course, you're talking mostly 19, 20-year-olds, but they're, the options at free agency, there are guys who are not too much older. Like the obvious, the obvious free agent example would be Lonzo Ball. Now, you're not talking about, like, you know, uh, he, he, he would be a – he would be a changer, not that same changer. It would be a changer. Of course, we we spent the whole year, you know, sort of conniving about, you know, <laughs> how can we get him on this team? So he's worth thinking about as, as a guy who he maybe not a Justin Fields moment, but more more of a Jay Cutler moment before we knew better, you know. <laughs> Jay Cutler when it when the trade initially happened. <laughs> but um like you know, just looking at the list of point guards who are going to be free agents, I'm looking on uh, Spotrack.com. You know, you have, you know, the youngest point guard actually. I got him listed by age. Is that is interestingly enough is Devin Dotson. He's 22, and um, you know, uh, let me see. Uh, when I got it back, uh, I had to get it back in age list. So maybe. Maybe even no. I actually I was wrong. Uh, Nico Mannion is going to be a twenty. He's twenty. He's going to be a free agent, a restricted free agent after this year. Devin Dotson, twenty two after that. Uh, Dennis Smith, twenty three. He's going. He's he's a uh, restricted with bird rights as is as is Lonzo. So it's you know it's not just a simple situation of. Picking Lonzo out and uh, you know wooing him enough to bring you got to do some work there, you know we you know we knew that already though, but you got a uh, Devontae Graham, twenty six year old, he also has bird rights and uh, restricted, but he he's only got just over a million this year from uh, from Charlotte, so you know he could be had probably, uh, you know not you know, not much if, you know you didn't. It start the pickings get to be a little slimmer, and, and you're starting to get up in age too. After that, Spencer Dinwiddie is a uh, 28. He's got his player option. You know, uh, Dennis Schroeder's 28. Bird rights, but he you no know, unrestricted free agent though. Uh, you know, and you know D D Rose. Of course, we know about D Rose. He's unrestricted, but. We you know we want to see him end his career here, of course, though. So maybe maybe this would be the time to get him back in, into the fold. 
Uh, Mike Conley, uh, unrestricted, uh, but he he made thirty he's thirty million this year. I don't know what he's gonna be asking for, and you know he's thirty three as well. Going Dragic, Mike, uh, Kyle Lowry, thirty five each, thirty five year olds, and Chris Paul gonna be thirty six. He has a player option for forty million though. He's not going anywhere uh, from Phoenix. So yeah, that's that's what the point point guard free agent market looking like for uh, the upcoming. So I don't know. Uh, outside of Lonzo, does, it, does any of those names uh, intrigue you? It's going to sound real. Like, you're going to hear me say this name. Y'all going to be like, come on, man. But if worse comes to worse and they got to try to save some cash, I wouldn't mind TJ McConnell from Indiana. That dude plays hard. He plays defense. I want to say he's leading the league in steals. Like he gets steals like in the craziest of ways, but he's not a shooter though. That's the only thing, man. He's not gonna get in here and fill it up or be like the type of guy that um, you're gonna depend on to hit spot up jump shots out of the you know get out playing off of Vucevic and and Zach. But he will play some defense. He's gonna settle that whole point of attack issue that they have. Um, I, Mike Conley and Chris Paul, pipe dreams, you know what I'm saying? Derrick Rose, let him be happy where he is. Don't bring him back to this misery, man. Um, <laughs> uh, you, you, you just want to see you just want to see him do the one day contract thing when he when he retires. Yeah, but do you want to see you want to see him do a real a real run before he retires back? If we get a team that can make a real run, then that's the other okay. thing. Like, even with Lonzo Ball, even with Vooch, even with Zach, what are we talking about? Like we're not, we're not winning a championship in the next two years. So what is our ceiling? Because we're not. That's just me. We're not competing with Milwaukee. We're not competing with the big three in Brooklyn. We might have a shot against Philly. Um, so I think, not that people are expecting championships, but I think, you know, we just trying to get back in the playoffs. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> We're just trying to get back in the playoffs. And I think, you know, maybe a second round is where we're fighting to get to. Because we're not, we're not in championship mode right now. And I don't know. We don't have a lot of avenues to get there. And the competition is still stiff. Like, stiff, stiff. I got you. I got you. Do y'all, I mean, do y'all, am I off base? Like, I don't. No, I mean, I'm. <laughs> I, if you were, I wouldn't say something, but you know, <laughs> like, like this ain't Derrick Rose. This ain't coming of age Derrick Rose and the Young Bulls. This is, this is, man. We just want some good basketball to watch, and we want to see some some basketball come May and June. You know what I'm saying? Or right, you know, late right. May. <laughs> it's a big part, part of that is why I think the rookies, like I said, if they somehow get in that top four, the rookies could have an impact in that way. But you True. know, I. You know, if, if you t- like I said, if you want to go the other route with the vets, you know, you got to be smart about it, and you know, um, financially and 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 uh, chemistry wise, you know. So, yeah, it's 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 along the lines of what you said earlier, Drew. We got more qu- questions than answers coming out of the season, and uh, that's yeah. that's kind of rough to think about. And I know earlier I you know made a joke about you know I wonder what uh. Connor Silvers is doing to ease his pain nowadays, but he he has made it known that 
these trades, yes, he wanted the the goal was to get into the playoffs this year, but he really was thinking long term and has other other um, ideas in mind for where he want to take this roster. So I don't want to. I don't want to kill the trade. It's not. It's not time to kill the trade yet. Yeah. But in the short it's term, it's too early. It's too early. Yeah. Too I early. mean, in the in the short term, it's not. In the short in the short term, you went. You know, totally out of the. You know, damn near out of the out of the playoff picture. You know, you fighting for your but life. Can we, but can we blame the trade for that? I don't know if we could blame the trade itself for that. I mean, I, they did have that rough stretch, and I think I don't know if they would have gotten out of that rough stretch any better off. Had they kept the guys there? That's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah. That's a good yeah. point. Guys, what you you watching? You got the Clippers and Lakers on? Yeah. Yeah, I saw the poster. <laughs> I saw the poster. <laughs> I had a little excited. But um, as far as the – man, this point guard situation with the Bulls, it's like me just – my mom's just go to the bar and just ask for a Dos Equis. Stay thirsty. Because <laughs> – Good luck, right? We're literally at that point where it's like, literally, good luck. I mean, you're talking about your best option. It's potentially bringing, if we don't, if we strike, and just, I mean, those other guys are somewhat attractive, I guess. We talk about Devontae Graham and Dennis Smith, but it's like, they're not point guards. So, not really true point guards that fit the system. You're just adding more Kobe Whites. So, what do you want? To, what, do, what do you want to do to solve the actual traditional point guard style? There's only one person that really can play that out of all the names we just mentioned, which is Derrick Rose. And I would be for it because I mean I love to see Derrick Rose back in the Bulls uniform and playing in a Bulls uniform again and hearing the announcer announce his name. <laughs> Good luck, because Derrick Rose ain't a starter. You got all. Like what? Like it's like Drew was mentioning. It, what, what are we doing? What, what, what are we at this point? I don't know what we are. It's Smokey trying to pull these dollar bills out, trying to figure out how much you got to pay for a point guard. Like how much you want? <laughs> he flipping the twenties over back. Playing with me. Somebody go up to somebody go up to yeah. AR and say that. Stop playing with me. <laughs> <laughs> like then when then is intriguing, but he's coming off an injury. Uh, who knows how What's much money he's gonna want? We got they rid of him. Yeah. We got rid of him yeah. twice. He ain't coming back to Chicago. He's saying screw us. Hey, did he have um, did he have a suit up for us? It was it was different people in control. Yeah, it was it was twice. It was two times. No, no, but I mean, did he did he play though? Or was it like the Carmelo Anthony situation where he's here just in name and then he's sent out? I know at I'm least one of those times he had some run. Then, okay. okay. Yeah. I was gonna say because I thought they might have flipped him over. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, he but yeah, okay. I, I I agree with he he would be in his right to be like screw Chicago. But there were different people running the shop there. So I mean, maybe, mm -hmm. you know. I would I would like to see Dunwitty back here here, actually. I would. But I'm yeah. yeah. But uh let, let's move over to the sky, man. Let's let's let's, let's get you know get a mood up a little more. And uh, although there's been, let, let's let's start off though. It's been a little bit of intrigue going on. Let's start the, let's start the bright side first. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, yeah, I, I'll I'll let you go with it. I'll let you you set us up, Chris. The <laughs> I, 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 the newsman in me wants to go into the Gabby Williams stuff, but 
but uh, but the first thing I wanted, the first thing I do want to, because I was going to talk about this on Tuesday. You know, they had the uh, the media session Monday with Candace Parker and Diamond the Shields, and I guess when you look at the positives on the team, those are two places where it starts. And I was just wondering, like, like are those like, you know, Chris, you could you could say start us off with. Are those really the two women who the the team is sort of pushing as you know the 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 top two or the big two on the team or the faces of the team? Because it's it's interesting, you know, the sky a pretty deep team, and they if you if you are very familiar with the WNBA, they got quite a few stars on there, and you know, and Vanderslu and Quigley and uh, you know Kalea Copper and. You know, they got some players, but it seemed like, uh, you know, the Shields and and, um, and Candace are really standing out right now for what they're looking to do this year. Was, was that Would that be the case? Yeah, definitely. I mean, Candace Parker is going to be front and center for the Sky all season long. Sure. Um, she's already generated so much interest in the team. Uh, I don't think we talked about it on this podcast, but there was a tweet that the White Sox put out with Billy Hamilton – I'm sorry, that was Billy Hamilton wearing a Diamond to Shields jersey, so let's get back into that in a second. But yeah. it's, it's Candace Parker, you know? She's been front-page news since college, since high school here. We've definitely talked about that. She was Illinois Miss Basketball, I think, twice. Mm-hmm. She is part of that last great run that the University of Tennessee had in the <laughs> basketball realm. It, it's just... It's a, it's a shame because those Tennessee UConn that Tennessee UConn rivalry was as fierce as anything, and after Coach Pat passed away, it hasn't been the same for the Volunteers. Yeah, and Candace really carried the standard for that. So uh, she won in LA with the Sparks, and she she's just a people are going to get behind her in the best way, even people who don't like basketball because she's a ball player. She's got. Her her Candace's normal resting face is don't fuck with me. It just is. And that's going to play so well in Chicago, especially with fans of this team. And then Diamond is an athletic marvel who people have ordained as a superstar since her first day. I remember sitting in the impress row with Maggie Hendricks. Um, and I think it was one of the first games that Tony Gill came out to. And Maggie was kind of explaining, like, you know, here's what you should look for. Um, and all that, and she's like, and she was like, "Yo, Diamond is a superstar," and I was like, "Hold on, it's her, it's her second season." Like, wait, and it really was time to wait. Her coming out party nearly came in that game that they uh, ran Phoenix out of the building, mm-hmm. um, and mm-hmm. then she got the injury last year. But this is the time to shine. The thing is, if it doesn't happen this year, if it underwhelms, then I think some of the tide is going to shift. But those are definitely the two faces that they're going to put out front and center. They're marketable. Diamond's been um, with Oakley for at least two years now, and Candace has been with Nike. So they're part of that vanguard of companies. Um, the before the vanguard, they were they were ahead of companies really generating these sponsorships and marketing for the W. Michelle Vopel, ESPN.com, uh, put out a. Uh, a power rankings of the uh, WNBA today. She had uh, the skies number three behind the defending champion Seattle Storm, 
and uh, the Las Vegas Aces, who lost in the finals, but they didn't have Liz Cambridge last year in the Wubble. Uh, she's returning, a.k.a. Big Fine. And... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> she that, might rock with that, low-key. <laughs> I'm sure she would. Don't get me in the same room with her. Don't you? <laughs> but... Uh, no, nah, I'm just playing. No, nah, I'm, I'm, I'm just playing, but I'm not. No, nah, but uh, but still, no, very talented player though, and a potentially dominant player. And like we said, the Aces made the finals without her, so they're number one in this power ranking. You know, Storm, of course, they you know got all type of players. You know, Brianna Stewart, you know, uh, Sue Bird, you know, all type of players. You fan, vets. You know, and you know they're defending champs, and the sky are right behind them. You know, you think that's a good place for them to be starting the season? Yeah, um, I, I kept trying to find a way to move them higher or lower, and outside of Minnesota being ranked too low, and possibly the Mystics uh, being off people's radar since Deladon and Tina Charles didn't play last season, I think they're in a good spot. They, like I said, they got Candace Parker. Even though she's going to be 35, she's still a top-line player in the league. Diamond is healthy. Uh, Kalia Copper is healthy and burgeoning into a star. Um, they got Azaree Stevens back, who's a great front-court player, good help-side defender, uh, great offensive threat. And Vandersloot and Quigley just keep chugging. So that right there is, I think, six. You got Kalia, Kalia playing with the second unit and the first unit. Um, any depth at all keeps them in contention for the rest of the season. With, with Seattle, Seattle lost the defensive player of the year from two years ago. Uh, one of the better wing defenders in the league in Alicia Clark. Um, Natasha Howard was that DPOY um, to New York and to Washington, respectively. And I don't quite know what they're going to get outside of Sue Bird and Brianna Lloyd and, and um, the homie Jewel Lloyd from, was it Maine South or Niles North? Jewel's from the crib. Okay. Um, but Brianna Stewart is damn near the best player in the world um, with pigeon toes, man. She's like Jackie Robinson. It's, <laughs> honestly, you got to watch her play. It's unbelievable mm-hmm. what she does. She's just... Yeah. The people tried people. I saw some people tweet and say, "It's like, yo, do do Asia and um, and I think Diana and Liz exist." And I was like, "Yeah, Asia was MVP last season. Asia is a fantastic player." Yeah. Um, the Aces are always at the top of everybody's list because they are in Las Vegas. They got they've got two two good players. Kelsey Plum is also rounding back into the form that yeah. um, where she set the college record for points scored in Washington. And they got Bill Lambeer's punk ass. So they're always at the top of people's like, yo, we want them. They're going to win. They got a lot of diehard fans. But they haven't done it yet, man. They they just haven't. And they haven't made Liz and Asia work together. Asia was able to ball out because, and I hate to say it because I really like both of them as players, they, they haven't been able to mesh in the front court. So Asia, Liz not being there last year, opened things up for Asia to work her mid-range game where she's damn near unstoppable. So they're going to have to figure out how to orient that 
And Asia has supposedly added to her range. They got Asia McCautry, who's a bucket. Mm-hmm. Um, and they got De'Erica Hamby, who's a super sub. Like, she could start on a lot of teams. But I'm, I'm, I'm a hater, man. Las Vegas got to win first. Las Vegas <laughs> has to win first. So, the, but the sky, the sky and third are in the right spot. Seattle might, for the first time ever, as long as I've been covering the league, they might underwhelm. So second might be too high for them. Minnesota has the best coach in the league, possibly in Cheryl Reeve. Mm-hmm. And and Sylvia Fowles is mm-hmm. we'll see how they we'll see how she is, but they got Kayla McBride, Bucket, Ariel Powers is like Patrick Beverly with more scoring. Um Minnesota is always good. So putting them sixth is low. Okay. We uh we go we gonna go deep uh with the WNBA a week from tonight uh prim, uh you know go over the season and uh you know what we you know more I'm I'm gonna do some more uh looking up into things but you know I'm I'm just I'm excited about the sky I, I think they're gonna play well you know Josh right quick what do you think about the sky right now and their and their uh, projections and everything yeah I love all the moves that they made. I think when you talk about this Diamond Shield and Candace Parker, and I and Chris and I have been fortunate to see this up front when they played against each other. When we, we actually talked about the idea of what if she came to Chicago. Yeah, I, I think we, we talked about this and what I and I forgot exactly what we said about it, but I know for sure thinking about it now, when you compare the the duo of Candace Parker and Diamond Shields, I'm viewing this as D Wade and Shaq in Miami. When the young, when the older Shaquille O'Neal went and played with a younger D Wade, and D took that mantle over and went to work, Shields is the real. She has that skill set, and they actually said if you compare her game to a guy in the NBA, it would be D Wade esque. So when you talk about putting that in the offense with Candace Parker, who is known to be a dominant big big woman, and she can score at the rate that she can score and do all the things that she can do. That in, in, my, in, in the men's league, when you talk about Shaq and D Wade, that brought up a t- that brought up a championship and numerous playoff runs, deep playoff runs. Yeah, I can see the same thing with the sky too, especially when you talk about having the other stars around them to fill the, those other. It's it's something that we gotta pay attention to for sure. But the hype is real, and you having Diamond Shields, Candace Parker, your dynamic duo. Hey, look, look out, cause it may, it, it, it's gonna be something special to watch. Yeah, I think Candace Parker uh, compared um, Diamond and Shields or their relationship or, or, or burdening relationship, burgeoning relationship to what she had in uh, Los Angeles with Christy Tolliver. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I mean, and, and Christy Tolliver is one of the, it's like, oh, she's a ball player. <laughs> like, she, she, when, when Washington won, they just had too much for teams. They they just had absolutely too much, and Christy Tolliver ran that whole. She she held things down. She was the glue of that team. So it, that comparison is is fantastic because we haven't we we didn't really mention Diamond's defensive capabilities. She's an all world defender. She's too long for people to get around when she's at full strength. So you combine that with her ability to uh, get to the basket and pull up 
you know, if she's if she's improved her her off the catch game, and if she's gotten a post game as well, I know I have two ifs in there, but still, that's a lot for teams to handle. Yeah, man, and you talking about how they have they already had had that connection because that's the Tennessee effect. CP three right playing at Tennessee, Dominic Jones coming from uh, Tennessee. You know that that's what they were known for was to be able to score effectively. And that's what made Candace Parker so well, especially from the post. And they both trained in the offseason um, during the time, I think, prior to Kobe dying. I think they both trained at one point with Kobe. Um, learning those things from Kobe, which we know was a monster in the post when it comes to scoring the ball at various rates. You combine all that together, like Chris said, that's nasty. And Washington's a sleeper, too. Like, they got all their players coming back. Yeah, they um, missed a lot of players um, last year, yeah. Oh, yeah. Charles is coming back. Natasha Cloud, uh, she's back. They're going to they have some talent. They're going to have some pretty decent talent to make some noise out there, too. So it's gonna, I'm excited for the season as a whole. I think this is the first time we really saw the WNBA being so diverse talent-wise that – no matter pretty much what team you watch, you're going to get something excited to see. And to witness it up front from a Chicago Sky perspective was awesome. I can't I, – hopefully they'll be able to have media back in stadiums where we can be up front again and watch all these things because it's it's special to watch, man. It's yeah. – it really is. The, the, I think the league is, is seeing the really gain momentum in 2020 because – a lot of society came alongside with them in lockstep with them because of the difficulties that we, uh, you know, encountered last year and the, the questions and the, the, the issues that we had to face as a society, you know, those things were already a big part of what made the WNBA stand out as a sports league prior to 2020. And, you know, I think that allowed a lot more people to respect and become aligned with uh, the mission of so many of the players and franchises in WNBA. But uh, beyond that, you know, just looking at, uh, like, like Josh say, the play has stepped up. You got more players who are becoming standouts of individually, which helps. You got to have star power. You got to have people to draw to the lead and make, uh, make you want to watch them. In the, in the stands and on TV. And it seems like the TV package for the league is as uh, diverse and as, uh, you know, uh, as more more national TV games, more network TV games this year. I believe the Sky are going to be playing that first Saturday on the 15th on national TV on ABC. So that's a big deal, like, to be able to sit back and watch these women more on on ABC, on ESPN, and I believe on CBS as well. There's going to be some a package of games, so that's it's just great to see and uh, and definitely to have uh, a good team in Chicago makes a difference because uh, our love for basketball in this city. We're gonna we're gonna definitely prop that team up. I think if they can uh, be a contender and uh, you know and make a make some noise this year, so. I'm excited, man. But uh, next Thursday, we'll get more into it. Uh, hopefully, uh, you know, James will be able to stop by. Are we knowing that yet, Chris, or what? No, he's down, man. 
he's down. Okay. He just said he just said whatever time is good, he's on. Okay, we'll set that up definitely. Uh James, shout out to James K. And um yeah, we uh we'll we'll have that next week as well. And of course another show on Tuesday. Uh, you know, just getting into whatever topics we get to at the time. I guess that'll be more NBA focused because we'll be more WNBA focused uh, next Thursday. But uh before we go this on this evening, I gotta I gotta bring this up. Cause uh and I wanted to bring this again, I wanted to bring this up on Tuesday. But uh Oh, I, I forgot. I, I forgot what it was, and I remembered. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I got going for the Emmy. We <laughs> 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 get the sound. Oh, there we go. SAL with the blicky. I, I gotta mute. I gotta mute. At least he had two hands. Man. He had two hands yeah, on it. He didn't. He had the professional form. <laughs> he's, he's supposed to be like a, a cleaner, a fixer on the show. Let me turn it down. Look at this, man. How are soap operas still going, bro? Because <laughs> they, they cast in SAS. That's how they keep it. Jason, <laughs> <laughs> get down. <laughs> I'm saying, right, that's, Michael, still, that's still Michael, not as good as his first appearance. Man, look, man. Michael B. Jordan, watch out. Hey, man, he started bro. on, uh, what was it? As, as the world turns, I think. <laughs> oh, man, this is. Look at the staging here, man. This is so. <laughs> I couldn't even see who he was shooting. That shot made me think he was shooting at the dude he was trying to protect. Man. <laughs> right, what? what is he <laughs> who directed this episode? Um, I like he's trying to laugh. I would be surprised if Stephen A. Smith directed it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, I love it. That's oh, gotta no, be the best basketball related side job right now. But but it's not the only one. I no, apparently Kawhi's putting out a record of some sort. Like and you know I, I mean music and basketball has gone, you know, especially hip hop has gone uh, you know, they've been in, in uh, intertwined for a long time. Of course, Dane doing his thing. As a you know, as an MC, and you know we've had other MCs in, in basketball. I'm, I'm a did any NBA side jobs stick out to you guys before we wrap up? I mean, can, um, we, can, can we can we go back to Candace Parker in that dual role of in yes. studio analyst while she's still playing? Like that's good. good. That good good call. I, it, and and I think that's got a lot to do with her her rising profile as well because you get to mm -hmm. see her now. Every week on TNT and w and NBA TV, and it, it it I think it it strengthens her as a uh, as an authority on the game for her to oh, yeah. be able to talk and mix it up with the guys on those shows. Oh yeah, it's memes every week about her and how she reacts to what Shaq is saying. Or <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and she's actually really, and she really does give good insight, good analytic, yeah. 
you know, basketball yeah, now is very good at it. Very good at it. Yeah. So that credibility, that's just more like it's, it's it's awesome to see. And for her to even and you know, she's already doing it in LA, but Chicago too. She's not gonna miss a beat. Chicago's we're built for that too. That's part of what makes us uh what we are. So yeah, she'll she bl- that blends in perfectly for her. Yeah. Yeah, talk about go ahead, Chris, my bad. Um, there's there's one old story in that uh, the book of basketball about Dave Cowens when he, um, I think he retired for a quick beat and just started driving a cab in Boston. Now it was yeah. the '70s and dudes were doing pretty much whatever, you know. Um, but just to just in that time period or even now, if you like, imagine like Blake Griffin taking a year off. And then you just catch Blake driving your your lift. That's what that would be yeah. like. Well, yeah, cats cats used to have to take side jobs back then. And I think if, if Blake took a side job today, he'd probably be a stand up or something. I guess. Oh, he's yeah. he's he's been <laughs> in uh, a couple movies. Yeah, uh, yeah. It, it's it's fun. I I. I I just looked the other day at a, a clip of the, the Alec Baldwin roast on Comedy Central, and he was there. Oh, yeah. yeah he, so. he dropped that Caitlyn Jenner joke. Yes, yes. That was, yes, he did. He did. Caitlyn Jenner was there, too. Yeah. That was, well, they, they know how to book those things at Comedy Central. <laughs> well, yeah, it's, it's, a lot of, it's a lot of weird stuff. I, I, that's interesting that you mentioned, though, like the back – the old school, like the guys like that. God, what was the something I, uh, I listened to or read recently that was, it reeled off a lo- like a number of players from the 60s and 70s, like Bob Cousy and uh, had an interesting job. I believe he's like worked for an insurance company or something back in the day. Like, you know, the, the, the guys, like I say, the guys back then, they just didn't make enough money to live lavishly in the off season. They had to do something else when they were playing. And but like when I saw when I when I saw that or heard that, I was like, they kept naming white players. And I was like, God, what I wonder what the brothers were doing back then. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I, they had to have had it I they had to have a little rough, I would I would assume, but you know. Legends in two sports like Pee Wee Kirkland. Hey, oh uh, yeah, taking that risk, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I just, I, I just imagine like Bill Russell, like uh, <laughs> uh, being a, you know, uh, taking insurance or something, or being a, a traveling, a, a, a traveling uh, vacuum salesman or something. <laughs> hey, you, you gotta, know. you gotta go back for because once, once um. <laughs> It never, you never really heard. I mean, Russ, Russ, he stayed in basketball, and then when he didn't, he just kind of dipped for a while. Yeah, he did. Actually, there was um a dude, Paul Arizin, who played for the Philadelphia Warriors and was one of the better scorers in the fifties. And around the time that when Russell and Wilt came in, he went to work at IBM. Mm. Like my man became. A, com- a computers guy and probably made bread with that since mm-hmm. it was IBM in like 57. Oh, sure. That's back when they had the, the real supercomputers that took up a whole room and stuff. Yeah, those um those hidden figures computers. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So some of the sisters in the in the some old sister was in the corner doing all the work. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's interesting though how 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 the game has changed. Back in the day you had to work in the off season to to support your family. Now you can just, you know, uh put up put up something on SoundCloud and uh you know <laughs> get as much buzz as you do on the court, you know. Or or take a role on General Hospital if you <laughs> you know, if you want to get your action action star uh, dreams on, you know, it's, it's, I, I want to see I want to see more of the WNBA sisters flip these things. You know, a lot of them are talented. You know, and, and you know, not just attract, maybe attractive. You know, or you know, they can. You know, you know, there's no reason why Skylar Diggins can't have an action role too or something, you know, or they, <laughs> you know, or, or Diamond the Shields, because, you know, they could I mean, yeah, do, I uh, mean, Shalay, uh, Ogumake. She got, oh, yeah, she got that's good. Yeah. yeah, she doing it right there. Yeah. She's been, she's been doing a lot with ESPN. Yeah, yeah she got her own radio show with Mike Gold Jr., so. Yeah. She's doing that plus the I guess they have a um her podcast, I think it's called. Is it her podcast or first take? I believe podcast? so. I think yeah, I think old girl used to be on the WWE she was on that too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. she's on that too. Charlie. Yeah, Who's yeah. that? Charlie. Charlie Caruso, yeah. Or Charlie Arndt, I think it's okay. Yeah, Charlie Arndt. Oh, yeah. okay. Okay. I think it's her, Kimberly Martin, and uh Janae. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah, shout out Kimberly Martin, man. She's a real good reporter. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. You know, it's you know the, the opportunities are out there, man. It's you know it's it's good to see more people taking advantage of it on both sides, WBA and NBA. So, uh, you know, just don't take any opportunities. We still trying to get some bread out here, you know. <laughs> that's the that's the thing. Them 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 ex, them ex players, man. They be like British black actors, man, taking all the roles. Yo, man. Yo, <laughs> we we don't have enough time for me to talk about that. <laughs> oh, that means uh, I, I won't start that. I just, I just Yo, Dan, Daniel Kaluuya going to be playing Hank Aaron in the biopic <laughs> now that uh, Chadwick died, bruh. Yeah, he let me, let me back. He, back. That is, he 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 tries with the back set. He. He tried a little bit too hard at times with with Fred Hampton, but you know he, he put us, you know that that accent was a little too thick at times. Like he, he's from Maywood, not Greenwood, Mississippi. You know? <laughs> right. <laughs> but he, but he, he did his thing though. He deserved that Oscar. You know, shout out to Daniel Kaluuya. But shout out to Chairman Fred too. But uh, we gonna wrap it up though for now, man. Appreciate you brothers, man. Another good session running. And uh, yeah, like I said, we'll be back next week. Two more shows as we wrap up the NBA session, NBA regular season, I should say, and get prepared for what uh, you know again should be a, a pretty exciting and fun WNBA season. So, you know, keep rocking with us. We are RegalRadio.com, War Media. There's the address down there for the podcast show, Anchor.fm slash War Media. Uh, podcast version should be out probably about Saturday of this show, and uh, this will be 
also up on YouTube. I'll put it up on YouTube as well for uh, continued viewing if you didn't see all of this show. But uh, thank you, guys. Anything else you want to uh, mention before we ride out? Yeah, Rashad Phillips, ITS comes out Friday. Oh, yes, yes, definitely. Plug it, yeah. So definitely going to give a shot. You know, got to give a shout out to Sports Talk 2319, which is his group. Um, Rashad himself, you know, great show. Great insight. Got Let me talk about a, ver- a variety of topics uh, coming soon. Yeah, definitely look out for Josh. That'll be out tomorrow, uh, ITS, with uh, Rashad Phillips, who will definitely, if you follow, if you're into basketball on on uh, Twitter and social media, you definitely know what he's about. So, yeah, definitely check that show out and check out everything else we do. The new uh, Second City Sports tomorrow as well on YouTube. Uh, so, yeah, just follow, subscribe, rate us well and everything. Show us love. We'll show it right back. And uh, in the meantime, keep bouncing. We'll talk to y'all next week, all right?